Welcome to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas, clinical psychologist, couples therapist, and founder of The Thomas Connection. I help high-striving busy people let go of the pressure of perfection to create more joy, connection, and compassion in their lives. On this podcast, we promote balance of a burnout through giving you the permission to pause, the curiosity to find your purpose, and the courage to play. Welcome back to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas. Here's another solo episode where we're going to continue with my book, The Lasting Connection. Don't worry if you are getting a bit fed up with just hearing things about couples. We are coming to the end of these. There are certain things you would like me to talk about in these solo episodes, these snippets of psychology-based information, do drop me a message on info at thethomasconnection.co.uk. And don't forget that all of these episodes coming from the book, The Lasting Connection, which you can order on Amazon, Waterstones, Foils, anywhere you want. Don't forget that these episodes all come together into my course, The Compassionate Couple which you can book now on thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash the compassionate couple, all in one word. So dear listener, today we're going to think about how you can be both surviving and thriving as a couple. So let's start by thinking about intimacy, right? So when you hear the word intimacy, a lot of us, of you listening are going to think that that's synonymous with sex. But actually, there's more to the word intimacy. I work with both emotional intimacy and physical intimacy when I work with couples because they might have drifted apart in their connection in their busy modern lives and they want to get closer together both through mind and body connection. So in this episode and a couple of episodes coming up we're also going to think about that mind and body connection helping you find emotional intimacy and physical intimacy. So emotional connection can come from two things. So if we just established that intimacy is both emotional and physical, then emotional intimacy can come from two things. It can come from actually building connection from surviving hard times together, just getting through life stresses and hardship because life is full of it. So love is going to be full of it too. All couples have to navigate choppy waters at times. And relationships aren't linear getting better and better the longer we're in them. They're more like a heartbeat on a monitor, constantly going up and down. Relationships take commitment and work. And people often think that if you have to work at a relationship, it isn't right or isn't meant to be. Some relationships take more work than others, depending on the personalities and temperaments and external stressful events that happen to the couple. So turning towards each other for support and strength and keeping an open dialogue about how you're both affected by what you're going through can really help you connect more deeply through periods of hardship. So let's say that again. Turning towards each other for support and strength can get you through hard times. That can feed your emotional connection. You can create meaning from the most horrendous things happening to you in life with an open mind and acceptance around how it is what it is. So we really do need to keep our head above the water when we're going through hard things. 
But deluding ourselves that we don't need to work on a relationship when it's going well, and then panic that connection is lost because we hit a rough patch, that's not going to help you. To thrive as a couple, you have to accept that there are times when you will simply just survive, barely keeping your heads above water. Times when life is just simply a bit shit between you. Letting go of that fairy tale perfection and focusing on reality can, paradoxically, make you feel happier than chasing dreams of the ultimate, long-lasting happiness. Fighting against having hardship in a relationship expends more energy than just settling in and dealing with the hardship. So that includes the ability to allow an argument. Never fighting is not an indication that you have a healthy and long-lasting relationship together. Quite the opposite. You may not even hit any hardship yet, so you might think, well, we never fight, so we're happy in our relationship. There might be that you've not hit the curveballs just yet. It might be that you've not hit upon any major and challenging decision, as you've heard in the previous episodes. Things that might be deal breakers. Never having arguments can also mean that one or both of you is self-silencing, which means not expressing how you really feel about things, instead just going along with what the other person wants, maybe people-pleasing. If you lean into your relationship with trust and commitment, you can allow an argument. If you act with respect and compassion towards your partner, you can dare to express how you truly feel and think about something by making space for both of your views. So to ultimately thrive in your relationship, you need to allow and survive arguments and still be there for each other afterwards. And that's why it's also really important to acknowledge any external support to help you get through these hard times, to help you form an emotional connection through hardship. You know, we kind of think about how it takes a village to raise a child. Well, there's some research also showing that couples who have external support, especially couples who are parents, also do better in their, um, in their relationship connection through hard times. It takes the pressure off you and your partner a little bit if you get external support. So turn to your loved ones when you're going through hard times. Maybe they have wisdom for you and insight and clarity, providing a different perspective of what you're going through, helping you to tolerate it for a bit longer, or giving you ideas of what you can do. So really keep that in mind that other people have walked the same path before you. And if you're truly having non-judgmental friends around you or family members, do lean on them. Because it's really unrealistic to get all of your needs met all the time by just one person. So couples who get some of their needs met outside the partnership by friends and family, they tend to weather a storm a bit better. It takes a bit of pressure off you. In the book at this point, I go through my own story of the hardest challenges to my own marriage. So if you want to read more about that, turn to chapter 19 in the book, The Lasting Connection, to hear a bit more vulnerability from me. And I'm saving that for you to read the book. So we've just talked about the emotional connection that comes from surviving hard times together. Now let's think about the emotional connection that comes from thriving together. Actually, once you go past the initial romance and infatuation of a relationship, you build a deeper emotional connection through friendship and mutual respect. Companionship. And that's difficult to do if you're constantly fighting and criticising each other. So after you work towards decreasing any negative exchanges, like we talked about previously, you can then increase the positive interactions. 
helping you move from surviving into thriving. So it's almost like one of those old equalizers on a stereo, if you're old enough to remember what that means, that you turn the dial up on the positives, but not until you've turned the dial down on the negatives. So once you've been together for a few years, odds are that you have survived some hard things together, having got through a few rough storms. But then your ship has been a bit battered by that storm. So you need to repair that ship so that your relationship can thrive and flourish. One way to build your emotional connection there is by doing more of the activities you enjoy or used to enjoy together. And that might feel like a challenge because your interests will have changed from compared to when you were dating as people grow and develop with age and maturation, hopefully. Hopefully you're not the same person that you were when you got together with your partner because you would have had some developments and some growth. So the things you used to do early in your relationship may not feel that enjoyable anymore or so you might tell yourself. You know, maybe you will say, treasure hunts are too silly or there's no way I can go climbing now. I did that when I was young and fit. So maybe part of this is a bit of a mindset block. So start to challenge, can I do some of those things we used to enjoy in the beginning? And if that's a firm no, then actually what can we do? What, what can we explore together to find more joy and connection through positive activities together? And in the book, I've put together a buffet of things you can look at, the pause, purpose, play buffet. Things you can do to help you flourish together and thrive through joy and play. And it's really, really important to acknowledge that a lot of people struggle to play. A lot of people don't give themselves the permission to play because it can feel silly or it's just for children. So when you gave yourself the permission to play for both you and your partner, you make it a safe thing to do. If your soothing system is activated, you feel safe, secure and relaxed. You can then move more easily into the more energetic drive system to allow play. And that playfulness is associated with positive feelings such as joy, pride and satisfaction and meaning. So you might also be pursuing a shared value together of having fun together, regardless if that activity is, you know, tickling each other, racing each other to an imaginary finish line, or trying to win at a game of chess or tennis. Play can give you that direction of walking in line with values, such as fun, connection, creativity, spontaneity and lightheartedness. So there's an element of purpose even in your play. So if you're stuck for ideas here, turn to the book and look through the buffet, or in Swedish, smörgåsbord, of activities that you can choose from. So there's a mix of driving, soothing system activation here, things that will make you feel safe, calm and relaxed, and things that will make you feel more energized and full of vitality. So the pause, purpose, play buffet in the book, in chapter 19, gives you lots of ideas of things you can do together with your partner. So do have a look at that. When you've done that, when you've picked something on that, you know, we might think, oh, right, that's it, ticked off, next. But actually, we really want to slow this down. So in order for you to thrive together, build this joy and playfulness together, we want you to think about before the activity, what was it like? Did you start arguing about what you were going to do? Maybe you have to think about some negotiation and decision-making skills here. Having a willingness to try, being open-minded to try things that are slightly outside of your comfort zone for the prospect of a reward that this might bring you closer together with your partner. And then during the activity, 
You can use mindfulness skills to really pay attention to what's happening around you in the here and now with your partner, catching yourself when you drift off in your mind thinking, all right, we're just doing this silly card game, but I've got so many things on my to-do list. Just catch yourself and think, what's the purpose of us being here right now? We're doing this for us, to build some more closeness. So notice how you're feeling together, allowing yourself moments of tenderness and excitement and really being present with that. So here's the bottom line. Put your phones away when you're doing these activities together. Don't be distracted by digital things. And then lastly, after you've finished the activity, well, that's all done, right? Or is it? Because here we can use something called savouring to stretch the experience further as if slowly eating a delicious piece of chocolate instead of just scoffing it down like we most of us have done. So chatting about the best moments you had during the day or what did you enjoy most about the activity, remembering the laughter or the tenderness, and especially if you took any photos, you can look at them and relive that moment a bit further. So spending time together, building friendship and closeness, will not only help you mend any broken parts of your ship from past storms, but it will also help strengthen your relationship boat for the rougher seas ahead. So bringing this to a close now, I've got a few examples in the book as well that I call From the Sofa. And in this example, you can read about a couple who struggled really badly after the third baby. So read this example and know that you're not alone if you've had hard times. And what can you then do to move from surviving into thriving? I've also put in an exercise of helping you tune into what each of you need to help make sure that you calibrate these things and keep mending your ships. So turn to chapter 19 of the book, The Lasting Connection, and I'll see you again in the next solo episode. We've got a few things coming up on the podcast about playfulness, which you may really want to tune into. Understanding the importance of play and what gets in the way of it when we're being too perfectionistic. So as always, do please take care of yourself. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I know it's not easy when you feel busy and overwhelmed to find time for another thing to do. If this is you, if you feel overwhelmed or that you are close to your breaking point, then I've got a downloadable checklist for you that's going to help. This checklist is called Calm the Overwhelm. The first section has signs and symptoms of you being overwhelmed mentally or physically, showing you that you might be close to breaking point or burning out. The second part is actionable, easy things you can do to try to slow down and give yourself a break. And the third part is a checklist of all the things that might show up when you're asking yourself to take a break. Perhaps your inner critical voice will have an opinion about why you're not allowed to give yourself the permission to pause. To download this free resource, go to www.thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. So that's thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. This episode of the Pause Purpose Play podcast was presented by me, Michaela Thomas. And you can find me on thethomasconnection.co.uk. And because great work rests on having a great team, 
This episode was kindly edited by Emily Crosby Media.